Hi, welcome to Aging Purposefully. This is your host, Kim Shea. I'm a certified retirement coach. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. And today I get to speak with Tiffany Moore. I'm very excited to hear what she has to say. She's a human rights activist, a consultant, and a humanitarian entrepreneur coach, which is really cool because she wants to help people learn the practical skills that they need to turn their humanitarian passion into a business. And it's really for people who've been doing that their whole lives and maybe want to try something new. And for those of you who are retiring, maybe from being a social worker or doing some type of social work or humanitarian work, you want to try and do your own thing in your retirement years, I think you're going to have a lot to learn. So welcome, Tiffany Moore, to the podcast. Hi, Kim. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So tell us about yourself. What's your background? So I have received my undergraduate degree in sociology, and I took a year off between that and grad school. Um, So I started working in the nonprofit world. I um, loved the the, the job that I had started on. It was a great career. Then I went into grad school, and it was a very publish or perish um, world, (laughs) very doggy dog. It was in the transnational studies department. Um, with a special specialization in global gender studies. And I had thought, okay, well, the position that I had received prior to getting into grad school, this is just going to get me through grad school. And then I'm going to move on and everything's going to be great. And yeah, it really doesn't work out like that. <laughs> it doesn't work out like that at all. Um, so between working full time and then going to grad school, um, when I finally graduated, I was completely burnt out. Um, I was burning the candle at both ends for way too long. A lot of the things that I had learned um, was that um, the um, salary that I was making while I was deferring those student loans that I had been accruing um, was coming back up. And I I was not making enough money to be able to support myself and pay off student loans and, you know, just have a living wage. And so I had um, to work multiple jobs. And that was frustrating because I was already super burnt out after graduating. And I wasn't able really to advance my career like I thought that I was going to, you know, because all these promises of, oh, you just need a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have all these doors open up. And that did not work out. I um, had really <laughs> had this professional job during the day. I was in the court systems and I was, you know, in front of judges and working with lawyers and loved working with my clients. And then at night I would you know, I was a janitor. <laughs> like I was scrubbing toilets oh. with a master's degree because I needed to make enough money to survive. Like, wow. and it, it, it's crazy. And these are the things that are not talked about and, you know, are just kind of swept under the rug of this is just how the nonprofit world is. And that's really why I started doing what I do in the coaching world because I figured another way out. And so that was through the consulting. So I'm hopefully um, able to help some of your audience members today, especially those that are, um, you know, at retirement or, you know, around that age that are just super, super burnout, especially when you have health issues, because that really started to happen to me too, because Mm. you're you're not sleeping, you know, like all of this stuff really catches up to you. And then my autoimmune issues were really starting. And so hopefully I'm able to answer any questions that your audience may have. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I can see why 
they, the infamous they, wouldn't talk about it because it's not really exactly a marketing right. ploy to join the program. And uh, I, <laughs> can, can I ask you, because I, I used to work in a uh, skilled nursing setting myself, mm-hmm. and I always kind of thought once I was able to leave and look back on it that one of the things that seems to be is that everyone tells you what, that you're doing a good job and you know what you're doing is very, very important because it really is. Mm-hmm. But it's also... Mm-hmm easy to take advantage of people like that because they know that, you know, you're needed and you know, you're needed. And so you're going to keep doing your mm-hmm. job every day, even though it is, it's got some challenges for you to, you know, lead your personal life. So, um, did you see that? Did you feel like, you know, you were hearing that you were doing a good job, but it wasn't actually filling you and taking care of you? Did you have that kind of a sense or do you see that? Yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, I had started really working in um, the, the that criminal justice system way longer than I had wanted. And I was getting just super, super burnt out. And I was seeing all of the issues. And there would be those cases that, like, the system was not allowing me to help. Um, and it wasn't, like, the criminal justice system, system. It was the nonprofit system and those restrictions. And that's really tough when... You know, you have clients that die, and especially if you have people that are um, audience members that are working in skilled nursing and, and all of these types of things, you're losing clients. And like that, there's somewhat of a talk of, you know, that buzzword of self-care, but at the same time, oh, we're going to overwork you. We're going to underpay you because this, this is just how the system is. And there's all these uh, roadblocks along the way. And you know, we're saying this because we know we need to say this. We know that it's important, but there's all these other issues that, well, we can't really do anything about. So, you know, you got to keep going. And that's, that's definitely very, very tough because I knew that I could help these people, um, that I, I knew we could, but there was just like situations of nope, nope, just like this restriction or that restriction. And I was just, um, definitely leaving me um, empty and, and just like that that sense of just failure at the end of the day and um, that that was definitely tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough and I know I mean to be fair, a lot of these places don't have money or they don't have enough to pay people what they are worth or what they would like to earn and um, I was just reading last week in McKnight's, which is a long-term care newspaper, and they were had surveyed mm-hmm. a lot of uh, long-term care operators, and I think it was seventy-five percent of them that were expecting they might not survive the coming year financially, mm-hmm. and so they're in a, mm-hmm. they're in a bind too. A lot of them are not rolling in money either, but it's just really tough because here you have all these people who are just trying to help, they're trying to change the world, trying to save people, and they have a hard time being saved themselves just from financial living here in the in the United States. It's not easy. So, so tell me about you. You come up with this term, humanitarian entrepreneur. How did you do that? And um, and and when um, when is that a point where you think where somebody is ready to do something like that? Like I would think they would have to have a certain amount of experience doing well, the work. Well, to go back. Okay. Yeah, to go back a little bit to what your question was, if that's okay, or what you were talking about with um, agencies really, really struggling, and I totally hear that. Um, but that's kind of where I am 
pushing the boundaries and disrupting the system with this humanitarian entrepreneurship is it's changing the way not only we as staff that have been in the system are thinking about this world, it's also nonprofits themselves and having more of an entrepreneurial way of looking at things. And I just read um, a fantastic book, um, Reinventing Social Change. Um, and it's talking about how we look at nonprofits as, you know, like this charity, like we're begging for money and we're, you know, asking for these handouts, like we're second class citizens and we're treated as such by all these larger organizations. And it's really shifting that framework and that thought process. And so I understand that there are a lot of um, nonprofits that are struggling because that's typically when I'm consulting, I'm working with smaller nonprofits. But one of the things that I encourage is changing the way we're looking at fundraising and um, hiring consultants and doing all of that because that's going to affect our bottom line. It's going to grow us as we're helping consultants and all these other people. Um, we're helping them. They're helping us. Like it's, it's a cooperative effort. Okay. So um, I, I absolutely hear you, but there's, there's just a, a different way to look at things as well. That's not being talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the humanitarian entrepreneurship, so I had came um, about, this title um, when I kind of started um, figuring out, well, I need to go out on my own um, because I was having really bad health issues to the point where I was thinking I was going to have to go out on disability. Um, And that, and it was just because I'm overworked. I'm just stressed out. I'm, it's just physically, my body just couldn't do it anymore. And so I, (laughs) you know you you have like a hundred failures but that's okay because you learn all the lessons absolutely um so (laughs) i um tried all these different things like i i was like okay well what are work from home things and it was like telemarketing i'm like all these i'm like i can't can't, can't do that um and it just was leaving me unfulfilled so i said you know what i'm not going to um go this route i started to toy with the idea of entrepreneurship um, it was that waking up because I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, that was very frustrating. So I was like, okay, forget this. I'm going to just look for another job again. I'm going to look for remote so that if I'm sick and I need to work from bed, I can do this. Well, you know, again, um, life has other plans. And I interviewed for this position and I was like, oh, I so got this. I've so got this. And they emailed me and said, um, you know, we really like you, but we're not offering you this position. We're sorry, but, and that changed the trajectory of everything. They said, but we have this consulting position that's not posted yet, um, but we think that you would be perfect for. And I was like, oh, this this wasn't what I was saying because, you know, you think about, okay, well, this is how things are going to go. Yeah. And then when you have that shift of, Oh, well, this wasn't what I was expecting. But then when I really sat in it, I was like, okay, this, no, this is right. This is right. And so that's how things really had started was that one person who was like, no, we're not going to do this, but we have the consulting. And then that's where everything really um, 
kind of bloomed from there. Mm -hmm. So yes, you have to have um, some experience, you have to have some knowledge, but there's, there's ways of working around things. Um, If you don't have experience in one area that you really, really want, you can volunteer and join boards of directors, leverage the skills that you have in order to get your foot in the door on where you want to go. Okay. That's good. Good to know. Um, so let me ask you then, uh, how do you deal with maybe feeling guilty, which I would imagine some people might if yeah. they're leaving an organization where they've been a part of for a while and now they're going to go do their own thing and, and maybe they're going to make more money. I, I would imagine maybe you kind of get in the mindset that I should only be making this much money. That's just part of the definition of being of service to others. How do you deal with that? That is one of the biggest things that I faced um, was that indoctrination from school and then in the work environment of, well, this is what a nonprofit is. You don't make money, but nonprofits don't really equal poor. Like that's just, that's what's just ingrained into you, but that's not the reality. And that's where I had mentioned earlier about changing the whole mindset of what nonprofits are and how that looks and how staff looks. But I had to do a lot of work around um, shifting what money is, what money means, um, because the reality is when we're going into nonprofits and we're going into the work that we are, I mean, we have some level of experience in what we do, little, little things. Yeah. And so um, shifting what it means to have and use money, like even just to spend money on yourself, um, it's, it's one thing I, I think for most people, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to get a degree, but to spend money on a course or a book or something that, or like a certification program, that can be harder to swallow um, because you're thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I, I kind of keep the lights on, you know, I've got to do all these things, but you're maybe not necessarily looking at um, what this can really do for your career. And I'm, super, super guilty of this. I've been there, done all of that. Um, I really struggled with, okay, how can I shift this? But one of the big things was realizing that money isn't evil. Cause I mean, that as somebody who's super, super poor, that was just ingrained into me, my yeah. grow on trees, all these things. Um, but shifting to money really isn't that money is just a tool and that's all it is. And dispelling all of these myths of, okay, well, this is what it is because we don't have it. This is how we're looking at it because, well, you know, all these wealthy people and like, this is how they're spending their money. How can you do that when there's all these, these um, people who are suffering and all of this stuff. But if you're somebody who is super, super conscious of that going in, you don't need to fear that you're going to end up like that where you're spending, you know, thousands of dollars in shoes or whatever. If you, it's a way for you to really make the impact that you want to make. When you are struggling to have your light bill stay on or to pay your light bill so your lights can stay on or where your next meal is going to come from, you're not going to be making the impact that you want to make in the world. And when I heard that, I think that really, really changes things because so often with entrepreneurship, you're seeing people with the mansions and the cars and the clothes and all that stuff. And, especially for, for us who work in the humanitarian field, like a lot of the 
sometimes that does not resonate with us. I mean, we're not doing that type of work. We don't want that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, what do we want? We want to be able to, you know, not work 80 hours a week. You know, it's those little things. And to be able to make the larger impact that we want to make in the world and learning how to reframe that mindset around money is just huge. Mm, that's really, that's good. That's all really good advice. Um, how long did it take you to get to that point once you'd started? How long did it take for you to do that shift, that mental shift? It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I've dealt with that. And then something else pops up and it's like, oh, oh I, get <laughs> I thought I dealt with that and I totally didn't. So I think it's an evolution. I think, okay. I mean, we're all human beings and we're all learning, but it's those incremental steps. And I think that a lot of the times we are, we're always focused on, okay, well, how long? And I, I'm so guilty of this because I remember the last coach I worked with, I was like, how long did it take you to get to this point? But it's not about that. It's those little steps every time. And okay, so say you, um, quote unquote, fall off the path, you know, you, you get diverted. There's a reason for that. You've got to learn the lessons to be able to have that success. So even um, though I've come a long way, there are still times where it's like, Oh, like I, I'm horrible. I will not pay delivery fees. I don't care. I will drive. Nope. I'm not going to do it. Like all these like ridiculous things. I'm like, I am not going to do it. That's fine. <laughs> you know, it's it, exactly. So it's, it's, um, we all have our limits. So you don't have to be elaborate in things. It's, um, just changing the way you're looking at things and it's, it's just, it's a process. Yeah. Okay. I can see where that would be the case. And there might be something that comes up. I would imagine some lovely item or something that you might want this time. And then you would be struggling with whether or not it's a worthwhile thing instead of just being able to enjoy it. So I can see where that could be a problem. So what does somebody do if they want to come to you and, um, you know, they, they decide they've, they've been a social services director forever and they want to come to you. What, what do they do? How do they find out how they're going to shift what they've been doing forever and then go mm-hmm. out on their own? How does that even happen? So I have a couple options on my website. Um, one is uh, clarifying your passion. It's a free downloadable PDF and it allows people to really figure out those next steps, where you've been, where you want to go, where strengths are, where the gaps are, and really trying to um, go in that direction. I also have a free course on my website that's really starting to get at those underlying issues like visibility, money issues, um, fear of failure, all these things. Um, so that's another way to really... Um, start this journey and a conversation with me to just see what um, your next steps are. If you're, you're going through all these free options and it's still, you need that actual human connection on, okay, I'm still, I'm still struggling. I'm more than happy to talk to you and maybe have some coaching options down the line. That's great. Do you advise people to start working on this while they're still employed? somewhere else okay so i'm gonna be completely transparent i could not do that i could not do that i would have loved to do that if you can do that props to you i am so envious i could not i had issues around visibility and i had this deep-seated terrified 
feeling that I was going to be found out by my employer and I was going to be fired and all these things. And I could not get out of that headspace. I'm not, I'm a very private person. I did not have social media, any of this stuff. I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm going to be found out. So if people can do this while they're employed, oh, props to you. Oh, you're fantastic. I just could not do that. I had to just say, okay, you know what? This is what I'm doing. I'm all in on this. And I believe in myself and this is the direction I'm going and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, so if you can do this again while you're employed, fantastic. Okay. Great. Yeah. But that's not what I had done. Yeah. All right. I'm just thinking if somebody's nearing retirement um, and they want to start transitioning this, I always like to pe- mm-hmm. see people get prepared before they actually carry that right. box of goods out the door that they've, they've, they're ready to change lanes immediately because they've already set everything in place. But I can understand what you're saying a about smart way. Yeah. But I can see what you're saying way. if you're worried about it, but somebody who's heading towards yeah. retirement's in a slightly different boat, generally speaking, because right. everyone's expecting they're going to retire. It's not a big deal. So they can get, they can Absolutely. get their things in order ahead of time. That's okay. Absolutely. That's an interesting point that I wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. But that's just me and my anxiety and me being in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, One thing I saw on your website that I thought was good is you say living your passion should not be difficult. And I'm guessing that carries you through whatever you've got to get through to do, to set up the way you want to set up and and make that transition is that it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard to be able to make a difference and do something that you want to do in the world. You shouldn't be punished for it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we all have this, fire inside of us that we know that we're meant to do whatever it is but you know then we start going through it in let's say the nonprofit space and then you're seeing all these stumbling blocks and it doesn't have to be that hard like you have this purpose inside of you this is what you're supposed to do for a reason and you're able to do that you can leverage your passion to change the world but on your own terms yeah i like that what I would like to know from you would be if somebody is doing one of these things, let's say they're a mm-hmm. social worker or let's say they're working for a, you know, save the planet type organization, what would their next, what would their entrepreneurship look like? What would that be for them? How do you take something that you've done for an agency and then go out and do that on your own? Do you start your own mm-hmm. nonprofit or what do you do? So this is exactly why I have the clarify your passion downloadable PDF because that could, this could be so many different things. Um, it could be starting your own nonprofit. Um, it could be consulting. It could be, um, coaching. Like it could be a lot of different things. And that's the entire reason why I really kind of started to go into this as well. Um, because, you know, having conversations with with colleagues, I'm seeing their struggle and, you know, and, and there's that, Oh, I wish I could do what you do. Like you're so lucky. Well, no, it's, I'm not the exception. Like you can do this too. And when I was really, um, trying to figure out what I was going to do when I was, you know, making all those mistakes, uh, mistakes when I was doing the entrepreneurship stuff, when I first started, I was like, I'm going to go back to working a full-time position or whatever. Yeah. And of course it didn't work. Um, I was looking for a coach that could really have the conversations that I needed to have that understood where I was at. Um, because a lot of, 
a lot of the coaches I was seeing was, was not speaking this language. Um, it was, okay, well, go into life coaching or go into, you know, all of these other things. And that's not what I was looking for. There was a, this missing piece. And yes, coaching is great, but I still love my consulting. I love that balance of being able to have um, these wonderful organizations that I, I'm working with and, and consulting with, but still being able to help people one-on-one. And sometimes it's also a balance of the two. You don't have to, you know, like when you're working for a full-time position, you're like locked into one agency and that's it. And sometimes there's these clauses in your contract where you're not able to have other positions. And that's not the case when you work for yourself. You can consult. You can coach. You can also have a nonprofit. Like you can do all of these things. Everything that you want to do, you can do. You don't have to be restricted. That's a really good point. You really have a lot more freedom. I mean, there's a risk, Absolutely. like you were saying. Some people are a little afraid to try that because there's a risk of not knowing where your money is going to come from. But, um, mm-hmm. but you, if you could do it, you can have a lot more freedom. And Absolutely. just your whole life, you could probably work remotely on a lot of this stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could be, you could be, you can do this podcast from the beach for crying out loud. You could also be advising Absolutely. people from the beach too. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But it's remembering that you are able to do this stuff because when you're working in the environment in nonprofits, a lot of the times you are beaten down just because of the way the system is. Um, when you're overworked and you're seeing you know, these cases where sometimes people are dying and just in, in, in bad ways and just all of these situations, like it really hammers on you. So one of the things that I do when I'm working with people is really build up their confidence and build up their ability to trust themselves again. And sometimes it's learning to trust yourself for the first time um, because if you're just looking at your life of, oh, I made this mistake and I failed this time, da, 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 da. it's about reshifting your thought process and validating that your existence is here, but you're here for a purpose. You, your existence is important. And I think sometimes people just really get lost in the shuffle with that. And that happens when you work for an employer. A lot of times it just can be seen as a number, unfortunately. And it's really identifying that you are important and building up that confidence and trusting yourself so that you can follow your intuition on what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think that's really great. And I think what you do is really, really wonderful. It's a wonderful service. In addition to the consulting you're doing, which is part of your original purpose that you started out with, now you're also helping other people to grow something that's special for them and that is more healthy for them while they're seeking out their purpose too. I think that's really great. Well, Tiffany, where can people find you if they are looking for you? Where can they find you? I am at humanitarian-entrepreneur.com. There are those downloadable resources for you that um, clarify your passion PDF. And there is that free course as well if you would like to have a conversation with me just to talk about where things are, that option is also on my website. Okay, that's great. And so in case you're listening somewhere, you couldn't write it down, I will have the link to her website, the humanitarian-entrepreneur.com. It'll be in the show notes and you can click on it and head on over to her website. It's a very nice site and check it out and see if Tiffany can help you out. And for those of you who are retiring and thinking you know, you've, this has been important to you, 
important work you've done all these years, but you're ready to try something new, or if you're facing a layoff and you, you know this isn't going to work out where you're continuing, you might really enjoy the freedom of starting something in your own as you head into your retirement years. You'll you'll have some control and some freedom and can travel and still do things you want to do while making a difference in the world. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank it's you. Been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach, so if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2k for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now.